0: This is Sandy Todd Webster, Ideas Editor-in-Chief. Today, I'm speaking to you from our brand new podcast studio at Idea Headquarters in beautiful San Diego, California. I am super excited to welcome you to Ideas Listen and Learn CEC podcast, the fitness industry's first and only Audible CEC program. We know how busy you are so we wanted to provide a handy way to help you listen, learn, and earn credits toward your certification renewal. Research has shown that physical activity increases comprehension, so whether you're out for a run, working out, or just doing the dishes, now you can cement your learning through this convenient option. This episode contains information that has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 approval agencies, including ACE, NASM, AFA, ACSM, NSCA, and NFPT. In order to claim your CEC, you will need to pass a short quiz, which is available for purchase in the Idea Store. Look for the link to the quiz in the show notes. To thank you for listening, at the end of the episode, I will provide you with a coupon code to get 20% off the quiz. In this episode, I will read you 20 articles, 10 from our Headlines news section, and 10 from our Food for Thought news section. This collection of evidence-based news stories will bring you up to date on fitness trends, exercise research, and the dynamic fields of diet, food, nutrition, and behavior change science. First, I will read 10 articles from our Headlines section that were researched by our colleague and award-winning contributing editor, Shirley Archer. These were originally published in the February 2020 Sprint Edition of Fitness Journal. In addition to the link in the show notes, the articles and the quiz can also be found at ideafit.com under the Articles tab. Article 1, Best Focal Strategy for Weightlifting. Is an internal or external focus best for performance? The mental aspect of strength training is often given short shrift but now a systematic review has analyzed relevant research to determine which most benefits weightlifting performance. Focusing externally on the intended weightlifting result, focusing internally on the body, or having no specific focus. A Griffith University researcher in Australia conducted a review of 16 studies and found that focusing externally, for example, Visualizing the bar or weight being lifted or pushed away in a competition to achieve a personal best maximizes muscular efficiency and force production accuracy. As movement complexity increases, the benefits of maintaining an external focus become even more pronounced. In contrast, the analysis showed that an internal focus of attention is superior for boosting muscle growth and increasing strength. Additional research is needed to learn more about maximizing attentional focus for performance gains. The review is available at Frontiers in Sports and Active Living, 2019. Article two, health and wellness coaching approved as healthcare service. American Medical Association approves codes for coaching services. Health and wellness coaching has hit an important professional milestone. The AMA has officially recognized the role of health and wellness coaches as non-physician health care professionals by approving procedural codes for tracking health and well-being coaching services. This means that health and wellness coaches who are certified by either the National Board of Health and Wellness Coaching or the National Commission for Health Education Credentialing are recognized as Category 3 healthcare care professionals. Reimbursement of Category 3 codes by payers became optional starting on January 1, 2020. The Category 3 health and well-being coaching codes include the following. 0591T, health and well-being coaching face-to-face, individual, initial assessment. 0592T, individual, Follow up session, at least 30 minutes, and 0593T, group, which is two or more individuals, at least 30 minutes. NBHWC and the Department of Veterans Affairs requested the codes. The VA intends to track coaching services delivered by VA trained whole health coaches who help veterans get healthier and better manage chronic issues like diabetes, pain, and depression. Category 3 recognition is an important first step in the process toward eventual reimbursement for coaching services. It is important for qualified coaches to use the new Category 3 codes. With or without reimbursement, usage provides data needed to receive Category 1 approval. Most payers wait for Category 1 approval before providing reimbursement. It remains to be seen whether the standards will be brought in to accept coaches certified by other organizations. Watch for developments in this area. To learn more, go to nbhwc.org. Article 3, Exercise as Medicine in Cancer Care. The American College of Sports Medicine and the American Cancer Society promote exercise programs for people with cancer. Serving cancer survivors is another area in which exercise is being acknowledged as an important part of the healthcare continuum. New guidelines developed by an international group of experts advise people living with cancer to avoid inactivity. The report includes exercise recommendations for achieving specific outcomes like reducing anxiety or depression, or improving quality of life. Exercise Guidelines for Cancer Survivors was published in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise, 2019-51-11. Article 4, Gender Equality Among Spotters. What is the impact of a spotter's gender? A spotter's gender does not influence bench press performance during a one-repetition-max testing protocol, according to a 2019 report in the Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research. This is true whether the weightlifter is male or female. Twenty male and female weight-trained subjects participated in the study without knowledge of the true intent. Separate research also conducted in 2019 confirmed that spotters improve weightlifting performance in general. For additional reading, see the January issue of Fitness Journal in the Headlines News section. Article 5. Midlife gait speed linked with lifelong aging. Slow walking predicts accelerated aging and cognitive decline. How fast you walk at midlife may provide insight into your future physical and mental fitness. Researchers from Duke University in North Carolina and the University of Otago in New Zealand evaluated data from more than 1,000 male and female participants who were assessed at intervals from birth to age 45 on factors including physical function, gait speed, aging pace, and neurocognitive function. Data analysis showed that participants with slower gait speed at age 45 also had poorer physical function, more cognitive decline from childhood to adulthood, poorer cognitive functioning, and more accelerated aging than those who had faster gait speeds. Study authors noted that gait speed is a robust predictor of dementia and may be a useful measure in trials aimed at preventing its onset. More research is needed. Find the study in JAMA Network Open 2019-10. Article 6, Aquatic Walking Benefits. Walking in water helps women with peripheral artery disease. Water exercise is a great alternative to treadmill or outdoor walking for the people who experience discomfort when training on land. Findings from a new randomized clinical trial showed that aquatic training can reduce arterial stiffness and increase exercise tolerance, cardiorespiratory capacity, and muscular strength in women with PAD. Moreover, Adherence to the 12-week program was high among the 72 female participants. More research is warranted. The study is available in the Journal of Applied Physiology, 2019. Article 7. High-intensity interval training or circuit weight training. Does sequence matter? Researchers compare the metabolic costs. A new study, conducted under the leadership of IDEA author and subject matter expert Len Kravitz, Ph.D., compared cardiovascular and metabolic responses to two exercise protocols. Number one, six bouts of high-intensity interval training, HIIT, followed by three rounds of circuit weight training. And number two, circuit weight training rounds interspersed with HIT bouts. 14 trained young men ages 25.7 plus or minus 4.4 years participated in the study, completing each of the two programs three days apart. Data analysis showed that participants enjoyed both protocols but found it more interesting to do HIT than CWT. This protocol had higher energy expenditure elicited greater excess post-exercise oxygen consumption, and generated more blood lactate, even though participants rated perceived exertion equally for both workouts. Study authors suggest that integrating HIT with CWT may be preferred for beginners, and that both programs could be beneficial for improving muscular fitness and aerobic endurance. The study appeared in the Journal of Exercise Science and Fitness, 2020, 18, 1, pages 14 through 20. Article 8, Dogs Help People Get Active. If you know someone who needs a walking companion, you might suggest a dog. In a review of 10 studies published between 1950 and 2019, that included 3.8 million people, researchers found that dog owners had a 24% lower risk of dying than non-owners during follow-up periods averaging 10 years. Among heart attack survivors, dog owners had a 65% lower death risk, and dog owners in general had a 31% lower risk of dying from any cardiovascular-related disease. More physical activity plays a key role in cardiovascular benefits. For those who can't own a dog, most shelters have walking programs for volunteers. The study was published in Circulation, Cardiovascular Quality and Outcomes, 2019. Article 9, Active Pregnant Moms Boost Baby's Fitness. Moderate exercise during pregnancy benefits baby's movement ability. Here's more good news for pregnant exercise enthusiasts. East Carolina University researchers found that women who did 50 minutes of moderate intensity exercise three times per week during pregnancy had babies with better neuromotor skills at one month old than babies of mothers who did not exercise. Exercise during pregnancy can positively influence developing systems, allowing for improved neuromotor development. Thus, leading to infants who are more adept at movement and presumably more likely to be active, according to the study reported in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise, 2019-51-8. In a related item, here is our question of the month. Exercise offers multiple benefits for both moms and babies during pregnancy and afterward, Do you or does your facility offer programs for prenatal and postpartum exercise? If yes, what types of programs are you offering and are they based indoors or outside? What type of marketing are you using to reach new class members? Please share your success stories. We want to hear from you. Email executive Joy Keller, whose email address is in the show notes. Article 10. Cold-Weather Clothing Training Impact. Our next study examines metabolic costs of protective gear. State-of-the-art cold-weather protective clothing adds a metabolic cost from the extra weight, independent of thermal effects, and you may not need bulk to optimize comfort and warmth, according to a 2020 study published in Applied Ergonomics. Researchers found that wearing three layers of clothing increases metabolic rate and muscle activation, compared with wearing a base layer alone during level and incline walking. The investigators suggest wearing a wind and waterproof top layer and adding a middle layer when temperatures go below freezing. Fitted clothing did not hinder range of motion. Study authors recommend wearing correctly sized garments to reduce bulk. They also advise looking for thin, smooth clothing with multiple size adjustments and flexible, articulated knees and elbows to optimize free movement and reduce friction. That concludes the readings for headlines. Many thanks to author and contributing editor, Shirley Archer for her research and writing. Next up, I will read 10 articles from our Food for Thought news section that were researched by our colleague, Matthew Cady, a registered dietitian and cookbook author, who also is a James Beard award-winning journalist. These articles were originally published in the February 2020 Sprint edition of Fitness Journal. Article one, you can get ripped on plants. With protein, quantity matters more than type when it comes to building muscle. Yes, it's possible to bulk up on tofu. A joint research study by Canadian and Brazilian scientists presented at the 2019 ACSM annual meeting discovered no difference with respect to lean body mass and muscle strength gains between 19 vegan and 19 omnivorous young men enrolled in a 12-week, twice-weekly program of resistance training. During the intervention, each participant consumed 1.6 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day, either solely from plants or from a mix of plants and animals. For gaining muscle, protein quality differences among foods, for example, dairy is higher quality than beans, seem to matter less than simply getting sufficient protein each day. The tricky part for vegan weightlifters is making sure they eat enough protein in the absence of meat and dairy, since weightlifters need to consume about double the 0.8 grams per kilograms per day recommended for sedentary people. Article 2. Americans are still eating a lousy diet. Too many low-quality foods fill too many plates. Health organizations have given advice on nutritious eating for decades, and yet a diet report card published in JAMA shows that American adults are still consuming too many nutritionally poor carbohydrates and more saturated fat than is recommended. The study, conducted by researchers from Tufts and Harvard universities, examined data on food choices recorded between 1999 and 2016 by almost 44,000 participants in the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey. While the study showed minor reductions in the amount of highly processed food Americans collectively ate during those years, low-quality carbohydrates from refined grains and added sugars accounted for a lofty 42% of daily calories in the typical diet. High-quality carbs, from whole grains and whole fruits, made up only 9%. Total saturated fat intake represented 12% of daily calories, above the recommended daily limit of 10%. Most of the protein Americans consumed in the study came from meats, including red and processed meat. Seafood and plant sources of protein, such as legumes, remained a much smaller proportion of overall calories. Older people, racial minorities, those with lower incomes, and those with less education showed the least improvement in dietary measures. The takeaway? Nutrition counseling on healthy eating habits continues to be an important element of an overall fitness program. Article 3. Finally, a trick that gets kids to eat more broccoli. Offering children a variety of vegetables increases intake, study suggests. Most parents will agree that getting their kids to eat greens can be really difficult. Simultaneously offering them multiple options seems to be a solution. Young children who were regularly given three veggies at a meal increased their vegetable consumption from 0.6, to 1.2 servings per day. Children who were served a single vegetable during mealtime did not increase their intake. Reported by Australian researchers in the Journal of Nutrition, Education, and Behavior, the findings were gleaned over a five-week period from 32 children, ages 4 to 6, who had a low consumption of vegetables prior to the study. Article 4. Will you get faster on a keto diet? Data from a recent experiment suggests the fat-forward diet may not be an athlete's best friend. Many proponents of the ketogenic diet claim that it not only helps with weight loss, but also increases exercise endurance by making the body more efficient at burning fat and ketones for energy. However, an investigation by New Zealand researchers published in Medicine and Science in Sports and Exercise, hints at a different outcome. For the study, eight male runners completed two 31-day protocols in randomized order. During one time block, they consumed their normal diets, averaging 43% carbohydrate, 38% fat, and 19% protein. And during the other 31-day timeframe, They followed a high-fat, low-carb, ketogenic diet, averaging 78% fat, 18% protein, and just 4% carbs. Before and after each 31-day diet block, the men completed a series of performance and physiological tests. In the end, diet differences did not affect exercise efficiency at running speeds corresponding to less than 60% of maximal oxygen consumption, a threshold where the body can more easily rely on fat for energy during exercise. But as the pace picked up, and particularly at intensities greater than 70% of VO2 max, runners on the ketogenic diet were less efficient at using oxygen to generate energy. In other words, they required more oxygen to maintain the exercise intensity, since energy from carbohydrates was lacking. While we need more data from larger studies to show what impact this has on overall performance, here's SAGE advice for now. If you're participating in an activity that requires fairly intense effort, it's likely a good idea to have some carbs in the tank. Article 5. You should be chicken to wash chicken. Many home cooks believe you need to wash poultry, but an observational study from the U.S. Department of Agriculture found that 60% of people who rinsed raw chicken before cooking had potentially harmful bacteria left in their sinks afterward and 14% had bacteria lingering in the sink even after cleaning it. Perhaps even more worrisome, more than 26% of study participants transferred bacteria from their cleaned bird to nearby lettuce. The USDA says the best practice is not to wash poultry prior to cooking, but instead to make sure you cook the meat to an internal temperature of 165 degrees Fahrenheit, which will knock out dangerous bugs. Article 6, Hunger on the Mind. A rumbling stomach affects how people make decisions. British researchers found that hunger can influence the choices we make. For the study, reported in Psychonomic Bulletin and Review, a group of 50 participants answered questions at two separate times. Once two hours after eating, and once after fasting for 10 hours. Participants had the option of immediately receiving a reward, including money, or waiting for a more substantial reward later on. When the volunteers were hungry, they often focused on the short term rewards, indicating that the mental decision making process gets more present focused when people are famished. So if you have a big choice to make, like deciding if you really need that fancy new gadget, you may want to tame the hunger monster before you hand over your credit card. Article 7. Fruits and veggies silence fat genes. Plant foods may help dim the demands of noisy genetics. True, some people did not win the genetic lottery with respect to gaining pounds. But that doesn't mean they can't tweak their diets to stave off weight gain. A study in the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition involving more than 14,000 adults over a 20-year period discovered that increasing one's intake of fruits and vegetables can be protective against a genetic susceptibility to obesity. The impact was more robust in people whose genes strongly edged them toward obesity, and the most effective choices for overriding fat genes were berries, citrus fruits, and leafy green vegetables. Article 8. Attack on Snacks. Making snack foods pricier could combat obesity. Perhaps a snack tax would be more effective than a tax on sugary drinks for reshaping the way we eat. Based on economic modeling, British scientists suggest that a 20% price increase on highly processed snack foods, like candies and chocolates, would reduce calorie intake in the UK's population – enough to bring about an average weight loss of 2.9 pounds per person over a one-year period. That change could lead to significantly fewer weight-related health issues. The snack tax was predicted to result in about six times more poundage lost than a similar tax on sugary drinks. Any governmental policies that zero in on reducing sugar, salt, and saturated fat intake in the populace also incentivize a higher consumption of healthy foods, which is the key to their success. Article 9. Question of the month. Is your fridge a food waste black hole? Researchers peered into refrigerators to itemize what was used and what wasn't. People eat a lot less of their refrigerated food than they expect to, and they're likely throwing out perfectly good items as a result of misunderstanding labels. This is according to a study in the journal Resources, Conservation, and Recycling that aimed to suss out what is contributing to Americans' rampant food waste. In a survey conducted by The Ohio State University, Participants expected to eat 97% of the meat in their refrigerators, but typically finished only about half. They thought they'd eat 94% of their vegetables, but consumed just 44%. And they finished only 40% and 42% of the fruit and dairy in their fridges, respectively. Ambiguous food labels, including Use By and Best By, were top drivers of food waste. Interestingly, households run by a younger demographic were less likely to use up the items in their refrigerators than residents in homes owned by people 65 and older. Clearly, better management of food within the home is needed to take a bite out of the huge food waste problem in this country. Do you toss out more food than you expect to? Are you confused by food labels that address food safety? What are some strategies that people can use to reduce food waste? Please send your answers to me, Sandy Todd Webster at swebster at ideafit.com. The email address is also in the show notes. We look forward to hearing from you. Article 10 Recipe for Health Elevate taste and nutrition with this heart healthy dish. We now have even more reasons to go nuts for nuts. Research published in the journal BMJ Nutrition Prevention and Health found that adding a half serving of nuts, or 14 grams, to a daily diet may reduce weight gain and obesity risk in adults. Consuming calories from nuts in place of calories from less healthy items, such as processed meats and potato chips, was also protective against extra weight. Here's another reason to crunch our way through a handful of nuts daily. Eating nuts at least twice a week was associated with a 17% lower risk of death from cardiovascular disease among over 5,400 adults ages 35 and older who were followed for a 12-year median. That makes this nutty squash recipe a belly and heart-healthy side dish for any meal. If you'd like to try a recipe that puts this research into action, Check the show notes for this episode for a link to author Matthew Cady's recipe for orange glazed butternut squash with herbed pecans. That marks the end of the readings for Food for Thought. Many thanks to registered dietitian and subject matter expert Matthew Cady for his research and excellent writing of Food for Thought, our popular food and nutrition news section. I'm so happy you joined me for this episode. I appreciate your attention and your dedication to being the best professional you can be. Quick reminder that this education has been approved for one CEC by more than 25 certification agencies. In order to claim the CEC, you will need to pass a short quiz, which is available for purchase in the Idea Store. The link is in the show notes. You can use coupon code SPRINTFEB20, that's S P R I N T F. EB20 to get 20% off this CEC quiz. And stay tuned. We have more exciting content that has been approved for CECs coming soon.